everybody. This is Issa Cosette, and you are listening to Issa's Way, your favorite podcast that you didn't know existed, you didn't know you needed, but we're so glad you're here. And this week, we have a very special guest who is so near and dear to my heart, the Anana Johari Harris, the person, the spirit, my soul sister, who came into my life with just blessings and love and abundance and she is a dancer, an activist, a mother, an educator. It's an honor to call you my big sis. It's an honor to be able to be connected, to be a part of the Sister Care Alliance. It's an honor to just grow with you and watch how your magic, your love, your brilliance just shines and other women and other communities and other people are influenced and enlightened by your presence. So Anana, how are you? I'm so good. I feel really blessed and thankful to not just be on this journey, but to have crossed paths with you and to still be able to continue crossing paths with you because it's really enlightened me and given me hope and your energy and your creativity um, and your courage, right? Your internal courage and then how it presents itself externally is just palpable like you can really feel it when, when you're around you so I appreciate you so much I'm doing really well <laughs> man that's such a beautiful blessing also we can't we can't forget writer you know author there's many titles like when you think about a person of many hats this is her so tell the people just a little bit about yourself Anana uh, well first I am a, a daughter of um, Kathleen Asada Albert and Herjit uh, Sababu Dean Harris, and um, I'm also a granddaughter, um, Beatrice McGee, Annabelle Johnson, Jesse May Albert, and um, Eli Albert. Those are my maternal and paternal uh, grandparents, and then my great-grandmother, um, Mom B. So I really am representing their tenacity, their untold stories, and my goal is to not embarrass them. <laughs> as much as possible and then also to extend the representation of of what people don't know that they did to make sure I would have these opportunities so so that's first and foremost and then of course I'm walking around just by the grace of God because God was like all right little girl I don't know <laughs> I don't know how much you're gonna get right but I, I got your back and that has been really um a lot more of the reason why I've been able to do here and so the, uh, be here and do the things I've done. But my, my blessings from, of course, God and the ancestors looking out for me also come through my friends and my sisters and the Alliance and my siblings, Seku, Melissa, Crystal, and Erica. So it, I, I hope I'm giving you the collective response because that's really who's sitting here. Like I'm not making great decisions all the time. I'm not showing up um, all the time as my best self, but because of that collective support, I, that's who's before you. Shout out to those who came before you, those who stand beside you, and those who will be able to walk because of you. Um, and you embracing and naming um, those, like you said, untold stories and those powers, because sometimes it's so easy for us to forget. Um, mm -hmm. But you constantly remind us the importance of taking care of ourselves, of remembering not only, like you said, our ancestors, but these journeys and the justice that needs to happen in this world. And um, you also taught me how 
self-care is a revolutionary act, right? And so can you maybe describe the moment, you know, or moments when you realized that and how um, that really shaped what is the self-care agency and the Sister Care Alliance? Sure, sure. Um, I think like a lot of, of us, specifically if you're Black, globally, right? <laughs> Shout out to the Pan-African community. Um, if you're globally Black in any way, you have, unfortunately, if it's been your experience, um, had to get a PhD in suppression and compartmentalization and just learning how to not just be a human being or a spirit, right? But you have to be Black and you have to deal with um, some generational issues that are attached to um, being Black and attached to um, just some survival um, tools and, and responses that we've all had to learn from those around us, sometimes those related to us. And so as a result of that, I had my own blind spots to not understanding how critical it was that I be more courageous and holistic in my understanding of what it meant to take care of myself. I thought I was doing good in certain areas and I would just close my eyes to other categories and I would be just fine. Something told me I was not just fine. Okay. Amen. <laughs> I, say, I, I mean, something told me that if something really bad happened in my life, I did not know what, I would not know what to do next. And so I would search and I would look through religion and I would look through all these things, but I was missing this day-to-day -day practical strategy. And it really came to fruition when I was pregnant with my son, because I, I not only had a PhD in suppression, but a PhD in like getting by, right? Like, what do I need to do? I'm very savvy. Shout out to the Geminis. We know how to kind of mix it up. And I really just had been getting by in a lot of categories of care, which are spiritual, emotional, economic, which is your time, money, and energy, artistic, which is how you creatively express and address what's going on inside you, um, physical, which is your body and your environment, educational, which is not just formal, right, but um, any kind of education, and then social, like who you need to interact with. And I was not popping in all of those categories at all but I was really killing it in certain ones. And I rode that all the way to pregnancy. <laughs> and so uh, when I got to the point of delivering my son, those categories of care and that lack of being strategic, that lack of understanding how critical it was for me to have a strategy about how I took care of myself brought me into labor, um, the labor process, and it just ended up being very traumatic. I was kind of brought into, as they say, the medical industrial complex. And um, I was old enough to speak up, I spoke up, I communicated, blah, 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 but I did not make some strategic decisions to really better protect myself. And then I also was subjected to a really traumatic delivery experience, which included um, them performing the C-section on me without the epidural actually working. And I communicated it, but um, it was just too late at the moment. His heartbeat had stopped. They had to hold me down and I went through the entire ordeal. Now I'll tell you prior to that experience, which left me beyond physically and emotionally scarred, right? Prior to that, I did not know you could die from not being strategic and aware of, about what you need, which is the core of self-care is addressing what you need, right? On a regular basis. I just didn't know. 
I would see stories of it, but I did not make the connection. I could draft business plans, but I didn't know how to take those skills and put it towards self-care. I could organize marches. I could um, um, be a contributor as an advocate and, and help build coalitions. I could do, back in the day, I could write computer programs. I could do all this logic-based, logistical, and um just strategic things in other categories, but I never applied my skill set to take care of myself because I didn't know how dangerous it could be, really. Um, my voice was ignored as a Black woman. Um, it didn't matter how many people were in there to support me. It, um, I did not have the specific needs addressed. So as a result of that, I came out of that fully traumatized. Um, the PTSD, um, the postpartum depression led to thoughts of definite suicide um, because the trauma was so great to this day. I remember every part of it. And so what I had to do was first decide to live and be aware that I did not want to, that I was feeling like I was caving in. I was alone with the baby. And then second, I had to decide, well, hold on now. You have been blessed with some skills. And I've got to be able to use that stuff for something. And so I got really strategic, really political. It connected me to some of the minimal trauma that our ancestors experienced, you know, to have to endure that much physical pain and to be that ignored and to tell people about it right afterwards and nobody responding as if it was a crime against my body, right? Um, that also is traumatic, the ignoring, the neglect. And so I got a very clear picture of exactly how dangerous it can be and has been for many of us who have not known the importance of being strategic about addressing your needs, whether you're in crisis mode in your mind or not. So as a result of that, I ended up um, establishing uh, an official self-care day um, figuring out, I Googled, how do you write a proclamation? <laughs> I just got really focused and I said, oh, no, 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 no. I can't know what I know, have experienced what I've experienced and not mush those two together and create um, a type of a movement that even if nobody cares about it, because nobody was caring about self-care at this level when I did that. The first proclamation was um, 2011 and we've had several since established it. Sister Care Alliance as well, which promotes self-care as a form of social justice, social justice as a form of self-care. And then of course the self-care agency, which um, also promotes the tools of strategic self-care. So that's where it originated. Just the journey, just the trauma, just the understanding, but still that resilience to be able to move and not. And like I said, you chose to live because sometimes like I've struggled with that where like it gets too heavy. I'm like, okay. Like I'm also thinking about how that neglect, that silence, those dangers also help develop those strategic steps of being able to figure out which areas, right? How does one identify their crit critical needs without having to maybe be in danger? Because I think sometimes it's kind of hard to kind of think about that while you're in the moment. So now that you have more experience, right, how would someone be able to notice what is their critical need? Well, I'm going to circle back to there has to be a desire, right? And so rock bottom is an awesome motivator, <laughs> right? It's just that sometimes people hit rock bottom in one category, but they're thriving in others. So it's not a really good um, kind of flashing light. 
it's just enough for them to say, oh, I kind of see it, but it hasn't contaminated every other area of my life yet. And so I just want to keep pushing. So unfortunately, right now, the most popular way for people to become aware of the importance of addressing their critical needs and, and getting to it before it's critically impacting their life is rock bottom. Outside of that, sometimes we're faced with a moment in our life where we're like, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm not. Like, I'm over it. Um, and it, it may not be a crisis. You may run into a relative. You may um, find an old picture of yourself. You may find an old recording of you saying something. Um, or you may come face to face with what your potential future would look like if you keep going, right? Or you may go through like a life-saving um, or life-threatening experience that's like, mm, this is kind of where you're going as well. So at the moment, external influences have been what I've seen in the years that I've been teaching the program. External influences end up being the greatest motivator. But if somebody has a spark on the inside and they want to feed it, right? If you have a small spark, like, mm, I really don't think that I'm addressing my critical needs. I don't want things to become even more critical. What I would suggest is this little strategy that I use because I can play all kinds of mental gymnastics with myself, right? You know, shout out to my therapist. Okay, shout out to therapy. I go to therapy weekly. I definitely um, offer a strategy of proximity, right? Just the word proximity. If you can put yourself in proximity, to someone who is close to emitting an energy or an activity or a lifestyle that is healthy enough for you to add energy and power to that little spark, man, you would be shocked at how much that can nourish what's already brewing inside you. Because typically your strategic self-care journey, not just random self-care, but your strategic self-care journey is always enhanced by healthy interactions with people who are able to model or create a safe environment for you to actually spend some time with that little spark of a desire to take better care of yourself. So I'm, I will offer that to those who are looking for an approach or a strategy. If you could keep in proximity to those, whether it's in the area of spiritual and emotional, um, and don't, you know, don't get married. Date before you get married, okay? Amen. <laughs> so just kind of feel around and um, and and see who, who you feel comfortable with, who resonates with you. But proximity is a beautiful word to add to anybody's strategy if they're trying to um, get started and, and reinforce, expand that spark to take better care of themselves. Um, thinking about the people who inspire us on our journey, thinking about the people who can help. Cause that's how I felt one meeting you, you know, and the other sisters who poured into me. And that's how I felt when I'm with Armando de Agua. And I know like all of them were like how magical it was to be in the room with the Sister Care Alliance, right? And having um, the Women of Color Initiative in the room. We all kind of have these rock bottom experiences, but the way that you guys taught us the approach and opened the space for us and allowed us to really just like love on ourselves. It's needed and it's, and it's like, we already, like you said, have PhDs and suppression. We already are hard on ourselves. We already have so many things that we have to face. So your approach and how you not only um, just teach, but how you live, what is the greatest lesson that the Sister Care Alliance has taught you? 
you know, what you just described was a strategy that you all used, which was proximity, right? You were like, well, if I could just get in proximity, <laughs> just get in the area of someone, um, then you kind of take it from there. And that's a, a baby step. I love the question, what has the Alliance taught me? It has really strengthened my faith, right? And I have struggled in that spiritual self-care realm, just in nurturing it and expanding it. And um, just the idea of trust and, and all of that has been a journey for me. Um, but the Sister Care Alliance has really expanded my ability to see God and good in others, even as they are like buried themselves in things that are typically like traumatic and ungodly, right? Like you just see it and they can't really see it the way you see it. So I love learning how to connect and also benefit from when I'm in proximity with sisters who also feel like they're drowning or they feel whatever they're feeling and they're going through whatever they're going through. Like I benefit from being around what's greater than them that hovers around them that they may not know. Like I, I was talking to one sister, I was like, girl, you know, you here and all your ancestors are right next to you. And I'm benefiting from all of y'all <laughs> in the same space. It's just, it's almost like photocopies of myself I get to spend time with, you know, because they always say, We're I'm a reflection sis. You know, some of those phrases kind of just bounce off your skin sometimes because they come a little, they become a little, you know, popularized and commodified. And so it's hard to ingest them, but it really is like, we really are in our skin and our melanin and our hearts in our souls, um, not only reflections, but we are connections. <laughs> like we're so connected. Uh, with each other. So I benefit greatly from just that rolling into a scene and feeling like I'm connected immediately. You know, you walk into that hair salon and you may not know everybody, but if somebody, some stranger walked in and tried to accost me, there is a sisterhood that would erupt like, ah, ah, ah. Yeah, and that, that connection, we just work on enhancing and nurturing and strengthening in the Sister Care Alliance, yeah. Um, I love when you're talking about the reflection and what came to my mind was like, we also are ripples of each other because one movement, one by another movement, which by another movement, and we just move and so and flow. And um, yes, just being able to one, I, re I remember telling the girls, I was like, I know you guys think that I have a lot of energy and I can do it all, but I'm just like a little bit of what Anana is, like just a little bit. So, <laughs> well, I, to, speaking of ripple effects, I'm, I want to be a little bit, you know, my mother, um, as unknown as it is, when she was at Southern University, she, you know, organized women. She was um, training in the martial arts, honey. And she organized women for a women's security team and would walk other women back to their dorms. And she studied West African dance, um, was a teacher. 
and would go into um, her small town and start teaching dance classes. And there was nobody reinforcing and celebrating her for doing any of that. There's so many ripples that preceded me, you know, Mom B, Beatrice McGee, my great grandmother, um, Jessie Mae Albert. There's so many people who, who started ripples that I'm riding the wave of. And so it's almost like, why would I, why would I make that stop? Like my job is if they've made it a bit easier for me, then I should be enhancing the wave, you know? So I'm a little more public than they are. I'm a little more strategic. And my prayer is that the sisters that I meet, they are even more than I am. Cause there are a lot of things that I would love to expand with the Sister Care Alliance and that I learned in the beginning that I'm not going to see every ripple happen. You know, when I first started, I really wanted to, and that's just a shout out to those who are, have accepted reluctantly or <laughs> accidentally or on purpose, a leadership position. You're just not going to see every ripple happen. And you're not going to get acknowledgement for every ripple. Even if you started and you're not looking for acknowledgement, it's not just the acknowledgement, it's the awareness that we have to keep it going. Like, how can I keep motivating it if I can't see my own connection and I have to let that go, right? Some of that was fear. Like, has it stopped? How can I tell if it stopped or not? Some of that was just lack of faith that there were things that preceded me. But all in all, trusting that all those ripples that I don't see are attached to something greater than me is what humbled me. And most of the fear that I had was just that I was way too aware of how aggressive the environment is that we're living in. And it's so aggressive and it's so brainwashing that even when we, like I use this example when I speak a lot, we're also used to sitting in programs holding our, our pee. Like I'm, I, I can't go to the, I can't do this. And you'll, you'll almost damage yourself on a regular basis. That's just one example. And so it's a very unhealthy, aggressive environment that we are looking to flourish in, right? So if you're not strategic and you don't create safe spaces, which is what Sister Care Alliance does, because nobody interrupts anything that we do with anything that would disrupt safety, that is for sure. Um, and I just want people to know that that ripple that I'm continuing, the ripples that I don't see, are also important to be protected. And so if you can give anything to sisters who are working towards taking care of themselves, who are focusing on social justice in their area, in their own homes, right? It is that you support and add fuel to the protection of that, whether it's financial, whether it's physical protection, whether it's emotionally reinforcing and, and supporting them being protected. That is what others can do. So I kind of went off a little bit, but I felt this chill about me to make sure that everybody heard that. And I'm glad that you were able to express that and I receive it. And I know another way that you can share just a form of artistic self-care. Do you have a poem to share with us today? So listen, I do, you know, I'm in the closet with my poetry. <laughs> you know, I have, I have pieces that I've written for my own self-care, my own little therapy. And um, 
without judging, I'm just going to read what I wrote, what came to me. It's very short. I don't know how quote unquote poetic it will be, but it was something that came to me and um, I really do hope it helps someone. This is untitled, of course. (laughs) If I reached into my heart to pull out my dreams for you, it would be the thin veil of separation between what's beautiful and what's scary would be removed from your heart. My soft yet weathered hands would gently reveal that in your pain and fear lies a longing to accept help. A closed mouth can feel opened when your eyes cry for the lap of a grandmother to lay on or a hug from a sister who lets you weep. That veil was forced on you so you would not see your power in the pain. It shows that pain, who to remove and who can heal with a speed you would think celestial. So open your mind to the possibility that hiding from your pain can be hiding from your freedom. Welcome the warmth of help and dip your skin in the opposite of anxiety every single morning when you allow all that is warm and safe to enter by asking and answering the question, what do I need? Your freedom begins there. That is your veil. You are beautiful, sis, all of you. I love it so much. I love you so much. First, like, yes, ma'am what can't she do what like your words like you literally not not only just that poem is reflective like literally you you reaching into your heart and giving out to other and teaching us what we learn because and and just the notion of like sometimes I'm probably misquoting this of course because I just heard it but you know sometimes we are we are hiding our things that we hiding are also hiding our own blessings and sometimes our own fears and like you you said, though um, our hands may be weathered, they're still soft. Though we've gone through so some, so much struggle, we still mm-hmm. have this love and compassion to give. We are still able to grow. And, and that unveiling, that uncovering, right? That coming to know. Um, but also thinking about that protection that was first put over us before we did that unveiling. So as we find our freedom, as we're inspired by poems like this, um, Wow, I hope that people feel your heart because I definitely feel your heart. I see your heart. I'm embraced. I loved your heart. Like, wow, freedom definitely starts here with self care for sure. Yay, I agree. Thank you so much. I agree. How are you on your way, Anana? By accepting help. <laughs> I'm on my way by sharing all that I'm learning and working to model what I'm learning for my son. Um, And then I'm also on my way joyously. I'm like leaping uh, a little adventurous. So I don't always look before I leave, but I am definitely leaping. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh man, but wait, those leaps land you in great places amongst beautiful people. And may doors continue to be open for you, your sons, your sisters, and all the ones who continue to follow behind your footsteps. Tell the people where can they connect with you? Where can they buy your book? Where can they sign up for some sessions? All that fun stuff. Yeah, sure. You can go to selfcareagency.com. Um, on Instagram, I'm Anana H. Paris with a P-A-R-R-I-S. 
and then um, Sister Care Alliance. You can go to sistercarealliance.org. But the book and all of that is on Amazon and Audible as well if you want that quick hit. And then you can also um, register for any of my courses, any of my consulting, strategic self-care consulting at selfcareagency.com. Make sure you send her some love and definitely she is a powerhouse and your life will be changed, forever changed. And you'll be so glad that you signed up for her because I promise you, there's so many lessons that she has, so much love that she has to give. And I pray that you continuously feel and embrace all the love that you give out because you need it. You need it. And I love you so much. Thank you. I love you more. (laughs) It's been an honor to all of the people who are listening. Just understand that you have to be strategic about your self-care. Know that you need to put your mask on first. Know that you don't need to hold that pee anymore, but trust your journey and you will find what's best for your needs but continue to move forward unafraid. Until next time, this is Issa Cosette. Y'all be blessed.